You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. It's good to be back after a couple weeks off, but Tina Amini is joining us this week. And Tina, thank you so much for stepping in to yeah. host the show in my absence. You always do a phenomenal my pleasure. job. It's good to have uh, you back, Damon. Thank you. We're also joined by Sam Claiborne. Good to be here. And Justin Davis. Scoop. As you can see, I'm here in, in the studio in our L.A. office. Uh, had a couple of um, shoots to pick up this morning for the show that I have been shooting over the past couple of weeks. You'll be able to see the fruits of our labors of all that in about a month or so. Please be excited. But uh, we have a great show for you this week. This is episode 666. Finally, the podcast. Oh, man. The podcast of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a pretty fitting time for our recurring segment, Real Mature Video Games. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, very nice. We'll be revisiting that. And then we have some emails about some cursed games like Elden Ring, <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th, the game. But first, uh, I feel like there's lots of games. Yeah, yeah. But cursed. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of games we need to catch up on. Uh, there's just been uh, uh, an avalanche of games coming out. Um, lots of new games. Good stuff. All good stuff. And I, I'm playing several of them. But first, uh, I've, I'm still playing Horizon Forbidden West. I'm ready to finish it. Uh, I think I think I'm nice. on the mission that's like, okay, this is the final mission. So mm-hmm. I'm not doing any more side quests. However, I do want to uh, upgrade all my weapons before yeah. I go into the final thing. And that's you know, I still like it. It can be a little tedious because you have to like, if it's a hunting job, you have to like go find where the owl is. You have to sneak up on the owl, can't get too close. And then when you finally like shoot and harvest the owl, 
the owl may or may not have the feather that you need yeah. for your upgrade. So okay, hey, thank a, goodness those owls just like walk around the forest floor like oh, real you, owls. Yeah, yeah, they do, but you got to like wait for them to respawn on a couple of moments. So you end up just like walking in circles for a while. That's another part of it is you have to actually mm-hmm. if, if they're not around, you just have to like walk around until they actually spawn in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a little tedious, but I'm, you know, I'm still enjoying it. It's still fun. I'm ready to wrap that up. I know mm-hmm. Tina had finished Horizon. Sam, did you ever? Absolutely. Finish yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah. Okay. I also did the. We did, we did a whole segment on it, Damon. Okay. Well. You you did a whole segment on it. Oh, sorry. Well, it's been two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> Who can remember? Exactly. Can't remember. Um, I, I do. I ha- I, the the final like game stuff that I did like was the farming for elements from dinosaurs. I mean, like mm. you might need to give up in your weapon pouch upgrades at this point if you're not going to do any side mm. quests, like. You use like basically a few weapons at the end of the game, so like you, you'll okay. probably be fine. But like, definitely upgrade your weapons because you can like mow down the the final <clears throat> sets of enemies with good weapons. Well, that's oh, yeah. what that's what I was that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to go into the yeah. final stretch of the game, you know, OP if I can manage. Yeah, I think you will be, especially if you get the the fusion ammo and stuff, and especially that bolt blaster. Yeah, there yeah. are a few merchants that will sell you. Um, crafting items. I don't know if owl feathers are on any merchant's radar, mm-hmm. but you can trade um, items for it. So that's, that's, that's a bit of a workaround. So you don't have to do the hunting. That's, grind. A, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, although when you activate a job, it sends you to wherever the hunting ground mm-hmm. is. It could just send me to a merchant that has the item. I guess I know. would be nice. Game. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks game. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also unlocked the, uh, the means of transportation. That's very cool. Yeah. In, in that's real fun, right? So, still playing that and playing Tunic, which I guess you talked about last week. I think Sam mentioned he uh, enjoys it. Yeah, I think I, I per- perhaps talked about it too extensively last week, so I'll leave it to your opinions. <laughs> but I very much enjoy it, and uh, I, I'm still playing it and still very much loving it. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's really, really fun. I didn't, I you know, when I when a game is like announced and I'm interested in it, I kind of check out unless I have to like cover it for work. Um, I usually just like when a game is revealed, like that looks cool. I'll see you when it's out and I can play or read reviews or whatever. So like all I knew is that it's a very cutesy looking Zelda looking game. And that's all that I knew about it going in. And it's like, it's, I love how it's kind of homage to retro games and that there's a built in included instruction manual that you have to find piece by piece scattered around the world. And you find the pages out of order and you'll find a page that references a page later in the manual that you don't have yet, and it's kind of a mystery. I like all of that. Yeah, and and the, the there's even strategy guide elements to the little manual because mm-hmm. some NES games you'd get, I thinking of Final Fantasy One especially, like really handhold you for the first part of it because they knew at least U.S. audiences. You know, this is after Dragon Quest for Japan. U.S. audiences really needed some help getting through these really complex early games, and this is no different. It, like, there's there's Points in which, you know, and the way it, it doles it out is just really clever because, you know, you'll, you'll get a page and you'll be like, I mentioned this last week, that you're like, I, I, I probably should have known that all along, but you're actually progressing in the game because you know more. So it's kind of like the witness in that, you know, the puzzles teach you how to solve the puzzles and your knowledge is the only thing locking you behind doors. Cool. Yeah. Is anyone else playing Tunic? You know, Justin? Not yet. Not yet. It's definitely a Justin game, but no, yeah. not yet. There's um, just too many other things out right now. No, I don't. I know, not, I know. That's that's what we're talking about. Lots yeah. of games. Uh, Sam, obviously like roguelike and roguelite 
uh, have become very, very popular recently. Is Tunic a Souls Light? Yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Ish, right? Um, yeah. Death's Door was, I think, would also be a mm. little bit of a Souls Light, um, mm-hmm. just because it's like you know, it's a lot of intense, difficult combat where you have dodging, countering, and attacking. Right? And you have a magic attack, and, so it's kind and, of and like you have a stamina way. meter also. Yeah, I mean, all of those things used to be called action RPGs. It's just when they get difficult, that's when we apply the Souls <laughs> logo lo- lo- uh, name to them. Right. There's also the mechanic that you, you know, when you die, you lose all your gold and you have to find and, and your yeah, that's all, This totally has that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more chill than that. It's like you only lose a certain amount and you can yeah. start giving up on that eventually. <laughs> but um, yeah. it drives me crazy. I'm obsessed with that. Like if a game has me recover a soul thing, like I can't not do that. So really? it's kind of a problem for me. And I'm glad this game kind of reduced the penalty, but boy, it drives me crazy when I don't. <laughs> Um, I would call yeah. it a Zelda-like Souls Light. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I'm enjoying it a lot. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to devote more time to it when I fully finish Horizon Forbidden West. And then there's Ghostwire Tokyo, which I, I think Tina's played a lot of. Did you talk about this last week, too? No, no. This is okay. a new one. Okay. Definitely. Well, yeah, obviously, IGN's review mm-hmm. is out. Um, what, a seven? That's, I think, what got this one got mm-hmm. from IGN. And reviews have been fairly mixed across the board, but Tina, I think you're enjoying it. I am. And yeah, you know, even our review, uh, a seven is, you know, still a good <clears throat> yeah, score. It's good. It's good. Um, and it, I, I would kind of agree with that too. I mean, I'm only maybe like seven ish, seven to 10 hours in so far. Um, and I'm enjoying it a lot, mostly because it's really beautiful and it's, I'm enjoying it for like the virtual tourism that a lot of people have been complimenting mm-hmm. Ghostwire Tokyo on. And it's an interesting virtual tourism because first off, I mean, it's just gorgeous. Like everything is reflected really well. There's so many colors, um, even outside of just your magical abilities that if you're, if you're watching the video version right now, you can see, um, it's just like the, the, the lights and the neon stairs in some sections. Like it's, it's a really pretty Tokyo, but also a really quiet and lonely Tokyo. So very different mm-hmm. from say, if you've been playing, you know, the Yakuza series, which is obviously inspired, uh, yeah. by that same city. Um, it, it's got a very like similar but different feel to it. So I really appreciate that, um, especially because I like all of those other games set in similar um, Japanese settings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say the combat is a little bit it's straightforward. It's a little simple. Obviously, I'm early on. I'm still upgrading. A lot of the upgrades are focused on the rate of fire rather than necessarily damage. Um, and I haven't always seen it go that way. Like it'll be the expanse and area of effect or the rate of fire for the various abilities that you get. I haven't seen anything about like extra damage, which normally I would go for um, in terms of how I scale things up in an RPG. Um, but the other thing that I'll note is, um, and I, I meant to look at Mark Medina's video about this to, mm-hmm. to look thoroughly at what settings he messed around with, but he's got a video out there on our site um, about like settings that you should toy with to make your experience a little bit smoother. Um, and I immediately kind of understood what he was saying because the first thing that I did was I changed the camera sensitivity on the x-axis, which is you looking horizontally. Um, and it's basically your movement, how you can like look left and right uh, more easily. And I felt like it was really slow. Um, mm. I normally don't mess with those sorts of camera views, but in this game, it felt like completely necessary. So I highly recommend if you are playing that, do that first thing and test it out for yourself. I so talked tip. to, 
Yeah, it's a good tip. I, I talked to Mark about, and I haven't tr- started the game yet, but I talked about that video with him uh, while he was producing it. And he was talking about how it's like an acceleration effect. So it starts really slow. And it's like, who wants that? That's not how your head works. Yeah. You don't start turning your head that way. But what really blew my mind is he said people were uh, uh, angry about that in Cyberpunk. And may- maybe just yep. on consoles, by the way. I played on PC, so I'm not really sure. But um, apparently that's like kind of a uh, turn this off trend for people now, which is interesting. Just, yeah. The exact connection I was going to make is that all that discourse around with cyberpunk were like, this game feels bad. And it was like, no, they just have weird default settings. Like you, you can fix it. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're there for. And it it was so necessary in this, uh, in this game in particular, but other than that, like I'm really enjoying it. There's some of that with halo infinite too, going around, like lower, lower your controller's dead zone on the aiming and stuff like that. Mm. I love like the visitors, um, the visitors, which are your enemies in the game, like they're pretty fast. You know, they can some of them kind of warp to you occasionally. So you do need to be able to nimbly move around mm. and look around and aim at them properly, um, especially because your main like uh, your wind move uh, is pretty precise. So you really got to like hit them on target while they're scattering around <clears throat> and sometimes warping in and out of view. Do you think it's like, you know, it comes from this like pretty significant horror game pedigree, you know, dating, going all the way back to Resident Evil. And I love horror and action. Are the horror parts of it, are there like spooky enough parts or is it more on the action side? I I would say definitely more on the action side. Um, And there's some stealth elements, which does play up the spookiness level. Mm -hmm. But if there are enough groups of enemies where they have different behaviors, so it's kind of difficult to actually map out. Like I'm really methodical when it comes to stealth. I'll look at enemy behaviors like i'll just sit there for a second and study their behaviors and map out exactly like, i'm gonna hit that guy first then i'm gonna swing around there i'll hide in that corner for a moment and come back around and i don't step forward until i know exactly what my plan is going to be but for ghostwire it's a little bit more scattershot than that so there's like some instances where you can kind of stealth up on somebody pretty easily but it's like one kill and then all of a sudden the rest the the five of the other visitors are on you before you know it um so it's it's mostly actiony um a lot of the environments because they're quiet are spooky the audio and effects are are spooky. So it's definitely got the veneer of horror, but I would say just like in, in horror movies, there's lots of different genres. This is more on the action-y side than the, you know, terribly slow, spooky and steady side. Okay. What do you think, uh, uh, Tina, about the first impression the game makes? Because I downloaded it and I pressed start and I <laughs> sat through the, like the opening sort of like cut scene, which is fairly long. Mm-hmm. At least it felt longish to me, maybe like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And then when the game like finally like let me go to play the game, I th- I was like, well, I don't actually don't. This doesn't. I'm just gonna go play Horizon right now. It just didn't like. Oh, yeah. It did nothing to like grab me and get me excited to play the game. Well, especially coming off Horizon because it's such a different game. Yeah. Although I mean, Horizon had the world's longest tutorial um, chapters as well. <laughs> it's awesome. So there is a bit of that. But when you start with Ghostwire Tokyo, there's this fog, this like deadly fog all around you, and there's literally there's just like a single path for you to follow down. So it's very linear to start, and then it starts to open up once you um, you go to shrines and you clear up the fog in that area. Um, very Assassin's Creed mechanics, uh, mm-hmm. stuff that everybody's familiar with. Um, so you go and you clear up the fog and then you're able to explore that area. All the points of interest get highlighted on your map at that point. Mm-hmm. So it does become a little bit more open-ended, which is cool because then you can go um, and focus on main quests or focus on side quests and then focus on leveling up instead of pursuing the main path and the story. And from what I understand, it's a pretty short game. So at mm-hmm. the very least, it certainly does not overstay its welcome from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, maybe after... Maybe I'll get back to actually giving Ghostwire a chance uh, one of these days after I finish some of these other games. Justin, are you still playing Cyberpunk? 
I finished it uh, before I was off last week. And then right. um, the week before I finished it and talked about it briefly on scoop. I absolutely loved it. I think it was my favorite game that I've played since God of war 2018. And, and I may actually like it more than God of war. Like I'll have to, you know, reflect further, but if that's the case and that would make it my favorite game, I probably played in maybe almost a decade. Um, Cause I, you know, God of war was my favorite game of last gen. Um, it was incredible. Like I honestly don't have a bad word to say about it. Um, it might be my favorite story in a video game ever. Um, Interesting. That, that game is very, um, you know, it presents itself as this very, very bombastic, like shooting guns and sex. And it's just very in your face. But that's not that's not the story of that game at all. It's a very sort of sad story. It's a very it personal sad. story. Um and it's incredibly low stakes. Like this is a story about, you know, these people that are raging against a machine and, 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 you know, and they, and they can't win. Right. Like they're destined to lose. And, and that's the story of this game. Um, and, and I think that combined with, you know, the voice work is like, like I moved on to, I'm actually playing horizon zero dawn now. Cause oh, wow. I'm on a black. I like, I know we talked about like a month ago on scoop, <laughs> like no 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 you can skip zero dawn you can jump tra- straight into the sequel but when i loaded up my ps5 i had both games sitting there mm-hmm. and i was like mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to just like mainline zero dawn quickly before i move on to forbidden west um oh, cool but anyway like and zero dawn's voice acting like it's not bad at all it's fine but like mm. the the facial animation and the performances in cyberpunk and then trying to go back to horizon mm-hmm. which and horizon's defense the game's a few years older but like it really underscores how cyberpunk's completely on a different level. Like it's so engrossing and so amazing at its storytelling. Um, you know, there, there is some open world jank. There's all of that stuff that, you know, it's really well documented, but I, I like, I, I think this is a game I'm never going to forget. Yeah. I agree. I really like the story in cyberpunk as well. That's probably my favorite part of the experience. It is a sad story. And, but then I also like what hap- what ends up happening with like the villains side of thing there's some just really cool developments oh, that happen on so that. good oh i want to geek out about it like i like the thing i'm most angry about well i mean there's a lot to be angry about with cyberpunk between you know kind of the crunch culture and some of the other issues at the studio and then um the people playing on last gen and how disappointed they were with their 60 dollars purchase but like just very selfishly like there's there's so much of that game that's incredible that unfortunately like that discourse just never like i never got the chance to like absorb myself like i like to do with any big triple a game like have you seen this have you spotted that have you done this side quest like who's your favorite character like all that discussion all the stuff i really love about my job in video games like cyberpunk launched in such a state that it just missed like that never happened and and i don't think that there's a chance for that to come back like the game's too old now so like it just it it never got that sort of like zeitgeisty moment that like every other AAA game gets and you know there's characters and story arcs and stuff in that game that definitely were deserving of it. Hmm. Yeah, and Sam, completely you- agreed. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I really agree. Like I love the story. Obviously, um, a bunch of us at IGN played on PC, so we didn't have the same experiences. Um, and I think those experiences we reported the hell out of all of the those stories. That you know they're all valid. They were necessary to report on. We tracked um, all of the updates coming out that continue to come out. Um, so it's obviously a really important part of the story. But I agree, we never got a chance to kind of celebrate what was good about the game either because it was the conversation was so overtaken on that level. And I'm sure there's you know the subreddits and the communities of people out there that are enjoying it and maybe are just discovering it for the first time and opinions with, with like-minded individuals online. But 
Um, you kind of have to seek it out at that level. It's not the type of thing where, you know, the Batman came out 20 days ago and everybody's talking about it excitedly as they watch the movie together and experience it for the first time. Yep. We, um, Sam. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I'm really enjoying um, Horizon Zero Dawn much more than in 2017. Like, you know, I'm meeting, meeting the game on its own terms and I like I, I am... Uh, just my personality is I'm the same as I think, you know, a lot of gamers and everybody is like, I have to clear out maps and do like everything there is to do in a game. And I'm like forcing myself to not do that with horizon and like just focus on the good stuff and skip all that filler. And um, I'm having a great time. So um, I should be like, I think I'm already like two thirds through it. If you, cause it's not, you know, it's not that long if you skip all the open world stuff. So hopefully it should be in forbidden West within the next few days. Nice. It'll be interesting to get your perspective on forbidden West jumping you know, right from yeah. mm-hmm. Zero Dawn, because since so many of us hadn't played Zero Dawn since you know, five mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. That core loop, that core dinosaur, like really, really cool tools, really, really cool enemies. Like it just gets like that spine yeah. of that game is so perfect. And then the rest of it, you know, is maybe not quite as perfect. Seems pretty consistent with Forbidden West. <laughs> yep. uh, Sam, are you, are you just playing Tunic right now? Uh, yes. Um, I have, I, I have Ghostwire, which I'm probably the most interested in out of the games that are coming out, uh, mm-hmm. today or yesterday for all of you listening on Friday. Um, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, between I'm probably least interested in the Borderlands spinoff, but, uh, I also really want to play that. So it's just a lot going on right now. Yeah. yeah oh, there's a lot of games. I also, I play the new Mario Kart DLC. Loved it. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Let me walk that back. Like (laughs) half the courses are really cool and then half of them are not so cool, but it's still like, they're definitely going for, uh, for volume over, over, you know, like they're, they're not very updated. Like they're, they feel old. Like the Wii course feels like a Wii course, Hmm. but, um, but some of them don't move. Yeah, just like they didn't update the graphics and visuals very much. Like, I don't know if it was a deliberate choice to kind of pull it back and be more cartoony, but they're not on the same level as, yeah. you know, the the original DLC from Mario Kart 8. But um, Ninja Hideaway is really cool. The Paris level is really cool. Like, it's awesome that, to have new life breathed into that game. And then I'm also going through stuff on 200cc, which, you know, I didn't do the first time around. So what a what a game. Yes. What a game indeed. <laughs> The other thing I'm playing is Triangle Strategy. Mm. Oh, nice. On Switch, which I like a lot with an asterisk. I like the battles a lot. Man, that game is wordy. It's like, <laughs> it's so, so wordy. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I've been open about the fact that I don't really, you generally care that much about story in games, although I just admitted that Cyberpunk story is great. But I went into Triangle Strategy knowing that the story was a big part of it. So I really, I gave it a chance. But <clears> after, if, like, I, I had tweeted about this. My, my, when I, uh, I started with a fully charged launch switch, my battery died before I made it to the second battle, just reading all of the text and dialogue. <laughs> it goes on forever. Uh, and Pear actually had a really good comment that it's translated directly from Japanese. And in the Japanese text, everything goes by a lot faster. You can fit a lot more of the story and dialogue on screen at once. Yeah. It just ends up being a lot longer in English. So, uh, I, I've resorted, I resorted to just holding down the fast forward button in between Ooh. battles. Um, 
this, the, the story is a lot of like political intrigue and, uh, countries backstabbing each other and forming alliances and stuff. So anyway, I like the battles a lot and I'm getting enough out of the game just fast forwarding in between battles. It's not as, uh, in depth as something like Disgaea, but there's some really cool details to it. Um, Justin, I think you'll appreciate this. There's a lot of verticality in the levels, mm. but your characters can't like, you know, j- like scale a wall. However, you get a character in your party who his thing is he just sets up ladders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can bring him on into the battle and he'll just set up ladders for your characters to climb that's up. That's his high only and- ability. Yep, that's what he does. He sets up I ladders. love it. But then you gotta like keep him you gotta keep ladder him safe. Guy. You gotta protect yeah, ladder guy. Yeah, yeah cause oh yeah. That's like yeah. the Zumbinis. Did you guys ever play that in elementary or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. I'm aware. Oh, no, you never played with the Zumbinis? Yeah, I'm aware each, each one has a special ability, and you have to be very smart about like something. One is a ladder, for instance. Another has a little like helicopter hat. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be very careful about which ones you select to go on your journey because each of them have little special abilities to get you to traverse from point A to point B. It's a lemmings like. Oh, yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there's there, a there's a formal name for it. It's not just Zumbinis. That's just the word I could remember. Um, yeah, no, I've the logical videos. journey of the Zumbinis. Mm. Logical, because mm-hmm. you use yeah. logic. Exactly. It's like the, it, it's like a, one of those Trojan horse games, just made it into schools. Like you know, mm-hmm. or the Oregon Trail is the best example of that. But there's also yeah. like yeah. Number Munchers is another one that I had when I was a kid. Um, Loved yeah. Number Munchers. And it was on old computers. So just, yep. just take that into account when I said that that was around when I was a kid. It was in a computer lab that also had like, you know, gateway internet things. And that was on like an Apple 2GS. Yep. <laughs> really funny. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the, oh, yeah. I was going to, I had two questions about the triangle strategy. Okay. Yep. So one, uh, is there permadeath for your characters? Like, do you have to like babysit your characters so they don't die? No. Occasionally, one of the battle's objectives will be don't let this character die. Okay. But there's not, there's not permadeath. And what's cool. Is uh, if you if you, if you fail a battle, you keep all the experience and all the gold that you earned. So it's never like a big nice. huge loss. You're always getting stronger. In your encampment outside of battles, there's like practice battles you can do that where you also earn experience and gold. So mm-hmm. it's it, and then, you can grind and level yourself up. My other question is that are there like flying horses or pegasus pegasi in this game? One of your starting characters rides a giant or not a giant, just rides an eagle. Cool. cool. That, and that's just, just how she gets around the map. She's always riding an eagle. And she's an archer. But can you go over bad. water and stuff? You normally can't because of that? It, with with that, that character, you can. Yeah. And she can fly that. up to the top of buildings. Yeah, I, totally I, I really cheesed, like that strategy games. I totally cheesed a battle that I was under level for it because my archer was able to get on top of a house yeah. where none of the enemies could get her. The that's rest perfect. of my party died. And just one by one, she <laughs> like... Just shot arrows at people. It you took me like an hour to finish the battle. <laughs> I think it's um. I don't think it's cheese because that's their bad for not bringing a ladder guy. <laughs> that they didn't bring their own ladder guy. Yeah, yeah. they were not logical. Mm-hmm. That's right. I should have played more Zambinis as kid. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom beanies, but yes, Zoom beanies. <laughs> I think it was well executed. Uh, and then speaking of the Nintendo Switch, did you guys see a, a new update a lot, finally allows you to uh, create <laughs> yeah. folders, or they call them groups, on your Switch? Mm-hmm. That's something I've been wanting for a long time. The first thing I did was make a shmups group nice. on my Switch, so now I've got all my shmups in one place. Nice. Instead of just being scattered across my game library. Really nilly. Much light of that update being, you know, like how long it took to design, you know, folders. Well, yeah, it's it's it was a funny day on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, this switch is fifth anniversary. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Are there folders on the other consoles? 
well, I guess you can there, pin games. There were on the PlayStation 4. I haven't looked mm-hmm. at it on PS5, but I would assume it's just it's total there. chaos on the Xbox. You go to my yeah. games and apps, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> you just go to the full library. Yeah. 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 Now, I think it's un- I mean, maybe I think you might have pointed out something that Nintendo's being treated unfairly here. <laughs> were it not for that, the, the 3DS had them. And then it's the same UI. So it's like, so that's why it seemed weird to people. It's like, what? I can't do it, but I could do it on my last system. And all I'm doing is using my, my fingers. But uh, yeah. yeah, I actually would probably organize my Xbox games oh. by folder. I'm going to go look now. Well, the Xbox One had groups. Yeah. I mm. imagine that carried over to the series. <laughs> which right. was like a Windows type thing. Do you remember um, the early Xbox 360 had LB mm-hmm. and RB controllable like slides? They had the blades. Yeah. blades, blades, the blades, and there was mm-hmm. they've never been like the UI has never been good again since that. Like that was so easy, <laughs> it worked perfectly, and then they took it away and just made it this like Windows blob, and it's always been that way ever since. There was a, I don't know if this story is apocryphal or not, but I think that there was someone out on eBay, like an unupdated <laughs> Xbox 360. Like they never connected it to the internet. So it's, it still had the blades UI. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What was it when going we, for? Yeah. I don't know. What's it going right for blades? It, it, it's, it's hard it's to say. It's still being it, bit on to this day. Yeah. <laughs> it's I also get you probably just not that. true. Um, yeah, I, uh, we, we had like lots of the 360s at, at IGN because they, broke in many ways and then also we had yeah. debug kits and all this stuff so at one point we had to you know return this hardware and we had to reduce it and all the stuff but the games that we had for were all on hard drives so i have a you know library of you know 50 60 xbox 360 hard drives at work that i would have you know in another life would have loved to catalog and maybe one day we'll have a librarian that will do such a thing but Ostensibly, if the passwords aren't enabled, then there's just a ton of cool stuff with very old UI on it, which would be really fun to see. Mm. It occurs to me, Nintendo should have given the Switch blades. It would work. It's a good idea. Blades rule. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is a recurring segment we call Real Mature Video Games. This is where I will uh, read the the ESRB descriptions of the content that earned a game its M rating. It's M for Mature rating. And uh, my friends here will try to guess the games. And uh, the way these descriptions work is they start out very specific about a game and then get more broad. So to make it a little more challenging, I'm going to start at the bottom of the descriptions with the more broad and then work our way up to where it'll be start to become a little bit more obvious. So we've got three games here. The first one is a game that's not out yet. That's your hint. So <laughs> description of this game's mature content is a handful of enemy creatures are depicted with exposed buttocks. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. <laughs> not that one, no. Uh, Esports. combat is frenetic accompanied by gunfire screams of pain and large explosions anyone just feel free to shout out guesses large blood splatter effects and viscera are depicted as enemies are decapitated and dismembered but the butts that's the problem yeah wait damon here's here's one issue i'm having with this is that there are no games coming out soon so no games are coming out soon what's already to already have a esrb rating I know. It's be eminent, at least crazy. on the horizon. Yeah, it has to be on the horizon. Is that a hint? Okay, the only game on the horizon <laughs> is Lego Star Wars. That's the only one, and then there's no more games. <laughs> <laughs> the viscera and decapitations. Yeah. Lego viscera. <laughs> and, and the butts. It's Lego viscera. <laughs> I mean, could be. Could be little could pieces be. of plastic. Could, that game probably does have decapitations. <laughs> it probably has butts. Little, little heads popping yeah. out. A lot of lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every Lego character has a butt. It just depends on what color the plastic is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. I'll continue. Players use pistols. No, I think we got rifles, this one. You can move on to the next one. Shotguns, grenade launchers to shoot and kill enemy creatures inside the mansion. What? Creatures in a mansion? What are we missing? Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil? I don't know. There's no Resident Evil's coming. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with the butts? (laughs) I still just stuck on that one. All right. This is this is the final. This is the final clue. This is a first-person shooter in which players assume the role of an agent investigating a mysterious mansion in Europe. What what game is this? It's not. It's it's not like a Wolfenstein coming out, is there? He's always exploring Nazi mansions. I, I will. I'll, is it cheating I'll if I consult it. the upcoming games list? This yes. is the this is the upcoming remake of House of the Dead. 
Oh. oh. Okay. Okay. House. House of the Dead. Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah, you, it's not you, like it's <laughs> called Mansion of the Dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were clearly misled by the title there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't remember any exposed buttocks in House of the Dead. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. This is uh, the next one is a game that's already out. However, I, I, I find these just by sorting games that have been rated recently with the SOB. Mm-hmm. So take good to know. Use, use, use that information however you will. So, but this is a game that's already out. First clue. A handful of scenes depict a character with his buttocks exposed. <laughs> so, has zombies. Uh, tunic. <laughs> you, you get a little cute fox, fox butt? Yeah, he's totally, he he's totally porky pants. picking it. I don't know if he's wearing Yeah, pants. he's pantsless. He's porky picking it. <laughs> Donald ducking it. Yeah. Um, Cutscenes contain intense instances of violence, including a man and an infant shot. Ooh, jeez. What would that be? In some stages, players can perform stealth takedowns. Is it Ghostwire Tokyo? Not that one. Is it Ghostwire Tsushima? (laughs) Is is it a Hitman? Hmm? No, it's not a Hitman. Players use machine guns, grenades, and shotguns to kill enemies. Firefights are highlighted by realistic gunfire, large splashes of blood, and cries of pain. That's every game. Yeah. Like the last one. What did you say, Tina? That that's like a that's evoked in most games, ERSRP oh, rating yeah. themes. Uh Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, what games mm-hmm. have we been playing recently? Let's just go as, about that. As players traverse mountainous terrain, they can be attacked by human settlers and ghostly apparitions. Is it Elden Ring? Oh, is Resident Evil 8? Mm-hmm. Still stuck Real on Resident Village? Evil. This is your final clue. This is an action game in which players assume the role of a courier. Oh, transporting wow. packages. That's so funny. <laughs> across oh, so a post I guess the infant is in the oh, baby yes, of Death course, Stranding. Of course. Why did we why did we immediately connect? Because Death Stranding does not feel like a recent game, even though yeah. in a lot of ways it is. I think this was the PC version that was rated. I mm-hmm. see. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed this game. Yeah, I figured you guys would get that one. Death Stranding, if anyone didn't catch that one yet. Okay, final game. Also a game that is out, but was recently rated. In this game, players can encounter a drug called Redacted, which is depicted as a mound of Redacted. Are you redacting? I'm redacting. I think Uh, it's Far Cry. Far Cry. I was going to say Far Cry 6, yeah. Not Far Cry. One cutscene depicts a character stabbed with a knife. And bleeding out. Enemies sometimes emit splashes of blood when hit, leaving small blood stains on the ground. Mm. That's very different than the blood description in the last game, which yeah. is large splashing blood. And oh yeah, this is. I mean, I always note what kind of blood splatter there is in yeah. every game that I play. Yeah, this is less blood than the last game. Yeah, in fact, I don't know why we don't use that as a metric for twenty questions more often, mm. frankly. Yeah, mm. or review how scale. much blood splatters when you? Yeah, large, is it on the walls splashes? or is it pools of blood? <laughs> is it droplets <laughs> spattered? <laughs> yeah, exactly. smudges, smears. Combat is highlighted by cries of pain, impact sounds, and close-up camera angles of finishing blows. Uh, Mortal Kombat. No, yeah. there's nothing to Sifu. do with drugs, though. Huh? Yeah, Sifu is a smart one. 
Sifu is correct. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It is Sifu. What are the, what are the mounds of drugs? Uh, well, I redact. There's a name for the drugs in the game. I just cut it out because I thought, Tina, you would Might get it, it immediately. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So what is the name of it? I, I don't. I only have my. Oh, oh I see. You only redacted have redacted text. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to look know. it up. Uh, this is an action game in which players assume the role of a martial artist on a quest for vengeance against a gang. So Double Dragon, I would also have accepted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for playing Real Mature Video Games. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Lee did. And Lee says, hello all, long-time listener, first-time writer. I wanted to ask the crew about a trend I have noticed recently. Uh, I have noticed a growing trend of four-player games, whether that be 4v1 or 4v mini. With Dead by Daylight still kicking strong and the upcoming Evil Dead game, upcoming Texas Chainsaw game, Back for Blood, and others I forget. We just got a Ghostbusters game announced like this this week. I wonder if at some point these are going to flood the market similar to Battle Royale a few years ago. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you know, like four player games have been a thing since the with the N64. I mean, obviously before that too, but like the N64 with its four ports, that was like one of the few things it had over the PlayStation, right? It was like this being a party game system and popularizing four is the number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's something to like four specifically? Like, like what if the N64 had had five controller ports with like would five players be like the thing no. more well, often? That was in games? because of the. I mean, four v one's a little different too because it is it, that. The, does that imply five players? But anyway, it, I, the, yeah. the, the sixty four thing is totally the the window pane screen, right? Mm. It's like you can't yeah. divide them mm. to scream anymore for local. So yeah, it but, is strange. Yeah, like that, a, like <laughs> you carve out like a hexagon in the yeah, middle of the screen. That'd be extremely cool. Um, and it, it's also yeah, that really it's t- pretty typical for squad based gameplay, even in game like multiplayer games like Halo Infinite. Like you- you'll squad up with it's four people, right? Or is it more than four people? In well, Infinite, yeah, and a lot of shooters in general. Like when you do squad up for the yeah, larger four v four is really common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four v four, or even like the larger scale battles. It's just like a mm-hmm. good setup for a squad. It is interesting that there's a lot of these asymmetrical four v one. Mm-hmm. games and that, in fact the what the, the guys behind um or the studio behind the friday the 13th game which is no longer running that they've like created a whole like cottage industry of just doing that based on 80s properties because yeah. they've got yeah. predator hunting grounds the texas chainsaw master game and now this ghostbusters game and they're all kind of the same thing but i kind of feel like dead by daylight is the only one of these that's a real like incredible success that's like tens mm-hmm. of millions copy, of copies sold and the others yeah launch and have a short period of success and then kind of die out yeah so yeah i mean i like the idea of um asynchronous isn't the word i'm looking for but where people have different power levels like um you know it's a fun concept but then everybody just wants to be the one right like it's hard to balance i feel Mm -hmm. i don't know i didn't like my only the only one that i think i've personally put like time into was evolve which you know, like it had a lot of really thoughtful yeah. systems in it. That game was really well made, but it was like I played it for you know a week, and then I was like, okay, like I, so you know, did I everybody didn't, else, yeah, yeah, I didn't Evolve, feel the need to like stay. Evolve was like an, a, a very important teaching moment, I think, in modern video game development for that type of game because, like, you know, it was a really talented team that had made Left 4 Dead in development for a long time, very high production values, very polished uh, game that launched, and then just like there wasn't enough content 
in it to keep voracious gamers, you know, mm-hmm. occupied longer than a couple weeks, right? I, I mean, I also yeah, think like, like we we gave Evolve a nine, and you know, I think it deserves that score. Like it's a it like they made such a great game, but like, did you make a thing that people want? <laughs> like, was yeah, anybody like, like staying power? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, the heyday was like Left for Dead days, um, both one and two. Uh, and I love that kind of gameplay. And I think the thing that it was obviously like a really polished structure, really unique um, kind of mechanics around both being like the enemy as well, the enemy team, as well as like the defending um, or the, the surviving team. So it had that dynamic, which was really cool that allowed you to play with a bigger group of people. But it also had like the repetitive factor was really particular for both of those games because a, you had fun, versatile maps so like everybody had their favorite. Everybody has memories um, of being, um, you know, on roller coasters and and running through like lush landscapes. Like they were all very different from one another, and they all had like their very specific choke points and areas that you would you know quickly rest or gather items or you know what whatever have you as far as a strategy goes. So I think everything was so polished, and then each map being so unique. And then the opportunities for dynamic gameplay moments that you're just kind of creating as one team versus the other is what gave that the staying power that it needed. Um, and with Evolve, I don't know, because it was a very polished game too, but it just didn't have that same kind of repetition draw where people wanted to perfect every single map. And there wasn't this kind of cadence from like a point A to, to a point B. And you want to like rush to the, um, to your, your safe spot uh, and, you know, break your record from a previous run and, and then, jump up on the difficulty level and like figure that out with a new team. Like there's so many excuses to keep doing your runs over and over and get better and better at the mm-hmm. game. So I think maybe evolved and quite evoke that same spirit or motivation. Sure. And do you have any sense of uh, back for blood? Whether that like, is that considered a success? I know it launched in game pass. So it's like mm-hmm. hard to I mean, judge. Certainly more than evolve. Um, but I think well, okay. they, they went through they went through a couple tricky patches that kind of like yeah. shifted the difficulty. Um, and that's what threw me off. Like I played pre a patch um, and there were like really difficult uh, areas and then some like buggy things where I was supposed to pick up an item, but I just couldn't <clears> figure <throat> out how to pick up the item. Like the, the pickup button wasn't quite registering for me. And so I fell off of it and then other games came out and I know they patched it and the experience is supposed to be better, but I imagine a lot of people fall in and out that quickly because there's just so many other games you can bounce to. I remember people being upset about Back for Blood, like, he, he, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not worth even bringing up because, like, I don't know what I'm not like a part of that community, right? So I don't know what happened there. But um, so, he, like, I have like a you know like a, there's like a cynical businessy take on this too, which is like Dead by Daylight is right now and in the top twenty of Steam games, and like it's like not if you're gonna make a game that like maybe is like a lower barrier <laughs> entry that might have a huge long life and staying power than like a four V one's easier to make than Grand Theft Auto five, you know? Yeah. Like, like you can cook these games out and they might take, you know, like honestly at one point, PUBG was much easier to challenge than any other game of that type. And what, what came along apex and Fortnite, and, and it worked, you know, or like what, what, what took over, you know, I can't even name the games that were doing this before rust, but there were games before rust and rust is a top, game all the time right so it's like if you're gonna like work your way in and try to sell a game that's gonna like make money for five years go after a 4v1 sure there's there's a few genres you can go after yeah 
Yeah, by daylight, like I, I can't remember when that game first like punched up into my awareness, right? Like it, yeah. it just it's like been this slow and steady success story of like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and has slowly become one of the biggest games on earth. Um yeah. it's not like an overnight thing, right? Here's the yeah. thing Left for Dead was that game also, and a bunch of people tried to eat its lunch, right? And like mm-hmm. it, it just kind of evolved from there, it didn't really get replaced. And Left for Dead stayed around. Yes, yes. It's true. Uh, and then, but, but think about this too. Team Fortress 2 was sold in the same package of it. And it, that's like a top three Steam game all the time, you know? Yeah. Or maybe it's fallen out of top three, but oh my gosh, that, that's had staying power. Yeah. Uh, Tina, I appreciate how well your bookshelf represents your various interests. You've got mm-hmm. video game books in there and comics and also the wine Bible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you, if you do the full shot, I've got, I've got inside, um, I've got my holiday oh, yeah. goose. Um, uh-huh. I've got, um, red uh, dead, shoot, red dead bug. um, oh yeah, I do have my red dead, but that, that's a peeps plushie. That's a rose. My mom sewed me. This is a zombie. Where am I? Zombie version of Steve Urkel. I won that at a white elephant, um, at an IGN <laughs> thing. And then, yeah, my, my, I have cool friends that make comics. So these are two signed comics and then yeah, borderlands and then just like a Hulk thing. Oh, that's a red dead candle. And then some, some, I have cool friends that write books too. Oh, this other direction. So there's like. Trier's book and then Ben Bertoli, a freelancer of ours this way. And then, yeah, the wine Bible. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Remember how fun uh, the IGN white elephant exchange used to be? I know we haven't done that in years at this point. Yes. Maybe this year, maybe yeah. this year. Speaking of patches that change difficulty, this is doc Twinkie. Who writes in to say, Elden Ring was my first Souls-like that I put any time into. I love games like Skyrim, Divinity, and Dragon Age, but never liked the punishment of a Souls game or how dead the world felt. After so many tens, though, with that Elden Ring got, I jumped in. I used a guide to fast level and <coughs> find a powerful weapon. Suddenly, the game was accessible and enjoyable. You mentioned in an episode 665 how it's open to the point of allowing you to break systems and grab that super-powered weapon just by running to it. But then a patch happened. Post-patch, my weapon has been nerfed to the point I'm back to square one and having zero fun. Do I want to pick up a new weapon just to have it taken away in a month as well? Or should I just quit? I lean towards just quitting. I've never had a game that rewarded my time and effort by patching it to negate my play and punish me. It's crazy for a single-player game. Can you think of any single-player game that might that mid-game nerfed your build and ruined your game? Yeah, anything with a weapon-breaking system. <laughs> Super controversial, what? I know. <laughs> oh, but that's not that's not a. Nerf, it's not though. quite the same, no. But it does feel like the game is forcing you out of a build that you liked and that you worked hard to achieve, and you know you have to use it in special occasions. Yeah. Yes, I, I understand. People have uh, different opinions on the weapon breaking mm-hmm. system in Breath of the Wild, but it's not the same thing as it. And there are know, other games with a weapon breaking system. Yes, I mean, but that's a particularly controversial one. Yes. I don't, like, not I the same as shipping a game with this. You know, you're able to do <laughs> yeah. play the game this way, and the developer's like, "Nope, no, you well, don't." Okay, I mean, hold on. Like, I don't like. I, I I didn't really like my time with Elden Ring very much, but like, I, I I don't think I'm with Doc on this one because just because it's a single player game doesn't mean that developers don't have a desire or responsibility to bring their game into balance, right? Like, you know, I don't know, like Cyberpunk, again, it's on my mind. Like, the 1.5 patch of that game radically, radically changed the skill trees. Like, one of the entire skill trees, they, like, deleted it and replaced it with something else because it let you break, like, 
you know, you could crit for like 500% damage. So they like nerfed crits to the ground. Like that's a fairly normal, like, I guess like it's a single player game. I can't believe they're not just letting me run around and go like crazy. It's like, I think most single player games probably have nerfs and buffs to skill trees that, you know, or weapons or certain loadouts that are having an unintended effect that, um, that, you know, is letting people sort of steamroll the game in a way that the developers didn't intend. Like that doesn't, that doesn't feel that abnormal to me. Although I do like Elden Ring being punishing and frustrating, especially if you're not familiar with that genre. Like I get how that feels like a gut punch and sucks the wind out of, out of your time with the game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, my more serious answer is, is also not quite a direct answer because it's not necessarily about a weapon, but about like a feature or maybe an exploit, I should say. So like the, the infamous destiny loot cave, for instance, that was actually one of my first field reporting um, at the time I was at Kotaku and I did field reporting from in-game Destiny. So I went to go check out the the loot cave and see what people were up to over there. And eventually they did patch that out. Um, and I think it's interesting because that's the sort of thing that like develops a community intrigue and, you know, people gather around it and people are teaching each other about it. Like to bring it back to Left 4 Dead, one of my favorite all-time memorable experiences about Left 4 Dead 2 was when you could dual wield weapons and you could, you know, do a duplication glitch, which would lag out your game. And a lot of people to do the highest difficulty runs for that game, they would intentionally lag out their game, which comes this like completely different difficulty experience. So I think it's kind of part of the charm. But at the same time, I completely like Justin, I'm with you. I understand why developers would patch that stuff out because while it may be an interruption to your learned experience, there are other people that are coming in that are new to the game and they want to make sure that they're experiencing things as intended with no exploits, things that maybe they didn't, you know, realize in QA would have been as overpowered and, and kind of disruptive to the experience as they envisioned it. That's why I kind of think the best way to handle it would be to patch it on their side. So all future copies would have this patch. And then the people who've already bought it, like mm. a patch that has nerfs like this should be optional where they're like, yeah. Hey, we've got this patch. These are the changes we're recommending to the game. You know, do you accept these changes? And then if people don't want to nerf their favorite weapon, then they can just opt out of that. That's got to be so difficult, though. Like even on um, like I have a don't laugh, but I have a generation one iPad. So I just have not updated the OS system because there's going to be things that are just out of date for my hardware. But it means I'm like locked out of a lot of like new applications or I'm locked out of certain features because I can't upgrade my applications because they don't comply with my OS. So I don't know, like to, to have to figure out each individual case and like what people get locked out of or not. And then maybe they don't know that they're locked out of something because they opted out of a patch. And then there's future patches that have some sort of contingencies with, with previous patches. I imagine it just gets very complicated to keep up with at that point. I think I, I have a very different opinion on this. Um, okay. I think cheats are the coolest thing ever. And yeah. I think patching them out of a single player game is absolute bullshit. And I, I think that, you know, it should be an option or not. Now, I completely understand loot caves. And uh, even even in some instances, you could describe Elden Ring as a multiplayer game, right? It has some sort of in- crossover player stuff. Like, I don't believe in imbalancing games with cheats. That is not what I'm saying. I don't believe this for multiplayer games. I'm saying if my system is offline, and I will use an example for each one of your examples here that that's relevant. In Breath of the Wild, there was an arrow cheat that was awesome. And it, like, I shouldn't, like, you know, if I want to farm arrows, this was just a slightly easier way mm-hmm. to do it. You look at the ground, run in a circle, and a, and a, a bow goblin would shoot yep. arrows at you and miss constantly. And then you could collect them. Nintendo patched that out. And that's bullshit. 
that cheat was like totally fun and fine. And it saves you once you can get to the spot later in the game. I'm going to farm or buy arrows, which is like a, a, another stupid chore. It's like, it, it, why did you replace this with an in-game economy chore when I could just do this kind of fun, stupid thing? Like, it just, that was dumb. So, Cyberpunk, another example. Cyberpunk had a money cheat. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It was a great I money cheat. About that. And you yeah. know what? The end of that game is bullshit without the money cheat because you want to try and do <laughs> mm-hmm. cool stuff. I don't want to grind in that game for money. I want to grind for other purposes. Leveling up, eating bosses, stuff like that. But for money to buy an upgrade, like, I don't know. At some point, like, let me choose that. I can play the most popular game on earth and put in a money cheat. Like, come on. It's a cheat. Like, make it either make it available in one way or make it available in another way. Make it a cheat code or make it a patch that you can optionally do. That's what I think about for these single player games. Now, the final one I had down here was, um, was, was the Destiny Loot Cave. And I want to emphasize again that kids today that are playing games use cheat in a different way because they play Call of Duty and that has a big cheating problem. They play Fortnite as a cheating problem. Those are not the same thing that I'm talking about here. That is not what I'm talking about. I do not want to disrupt in-game economies. And I think that is a problem that should be solved and patched. This other stuff, just playing by yourself. Come on. And you should be able to have your game upgraded too without like having to say like, I'm never patching Mm -hmm. my game. Yeah, Prey had something similar to the cyberpunk money glitch that I almost forgot about. And I really enjoyed it because it's such a slow upgrade system. And I did everything in Prey. So it's not like, you know, I was main pathing it and just trying to barrel through the game. I like explored everywhere. So it was really convenient. There was um, it might have even been pre like it might have been pre the day zero patch. And like we as reviewers and critics who get code before a, a day zero experience, we'll we'll experience a lot of that on the other side before that day zero patch comes in. So Prey eventually like fixed this uh, or rather Bethesda fixes with Prey. But um, there was another similar duplication glitch where if you were at, I forget what it's called, but you're like at the crafting um, table and you could just kind of like put money in, but then do some quick button mashing that confuses the system and they like give you back the money as well as the (laughs) item that you were buying so that was a lot of fun because you can kind of skip all of the grinding so yeah there's a massive difference between the stuff that just kind of alleviates the grinding and the stuff that's maybe more interruptive in a multiplayer experience can you imagine if nintendo had patched out missing no and pokemon red or patched out the minus world and super mario brothers one like those are like iconic cool game tricks that we have to this day or turtle tipping whatever anybody calls it in Mario Brothers 1 to get infinite lives. Like those are like things that are the nature of the game. And I think that you should be able to break a game however you want it after you get it. Whose business is it? How I beat your game after you you get it out. You're just, that's like fighting speedrunners and taking out all that happens to speedrunners where they take out like a bunch of things that speedrunners are using to exploit the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they usually play on the old patch. You know, I don't know. Gamers will optimize the fun out of their game playing experience, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the famous thing with the destiny loot cave of like, uh, there's a GDC talk that I think world of Warcraft put on where like Mm -hmm. gamers, whatever gets you the most rewards, the fastest, even if it's totally not fun, that's what gamers will do. So you need to make sure that your most fun, best part of your game, whether it's running dungeons or doing raids or whatever, that that gives you the most rewards per like minute played. That's how you need to design your game because gamers will optimize, you know, they'll spreadsheet all the fun out of it if you let them. But if the most fun thing is maxing out all of your weapons and money and getting a bunch of free (laughs) tanks, then put that in as as a system. And then that's another way to address that. That's what Grand Theft Auto does. It's like, You know, like if you're going to make a playground, like make the playground, don't make a playground with a bunch of rules on it. 
like that's just not it's just i i just am so so much more into the, the the put a game out let people break it aspect of it with mods too well that's why that's why rockstar still does cheats in gta because they know that people mm-hmm. i mean they kind of create the guardrails around like if you want to be in god <clears throat> mode like here are the cheats right. for that mm-hmm. yeah exactly and sam even though the elden ring patch uh did temporarily skewer uh speedrunners plans today we have an article that it's already been beaten with a sub 25 minute speedrun already again so mm-hmm. what Less, less than yep, 25 minutes, someone over. can beat Elden Ring. That's so fast. <laughs> yes, I know. It's insane. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Nick in Indiana. Let the questioning begin. Ooh, okay. Oh, real quick. did you? I know what the games were the last two episodes. Were they wins or losses? Oh. <laughs> both wins, I think, uh, right? I think both wins. Yeah, both wins, yeah. Both wins, okay, good. Yeah, one was funny. We got it in 19, and then the next one I think was like yeah. 12 or so, but we got one in the last one, or close to the last yeah. one. Yeah, the first one was a close call. Second one was... I thought the second one was going to be trickier, too, but... It was, the it was one, like a coincidental question that got us really close. Okay. The second one was We Fit? Yeah. And then, did you tell... Did you guys get to talk about whether or not it was a series? Yeah. So Sam asked a hyper specific question and semi ruined it for me. Thanks, Sam. Um, but no, we, we got there and I told the story of uh, Reggie himself personally yeah. confirmed that Good. it is part of the we no Yeah. The fit, yeah. we fit series. The we series. Well, it's also yeah, just the we series. With, with yeah. We play sports, stuff like that. Because we sports. Yeah. We sports counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said Which was something I didn't know until I was Googling around to research all my answers so for, 20, cool. for 20 questions. What? Specifically, I. I asked Reggie this when I was hung out with him all last week. Uh, he specifically he said Miyamoto would say it's part of the I Wii see. series. Okay, so well, cool. I was gonna uh, say I don't know if I trust the canon of Reggie. <laughs> Not to be like disrespectful, but like Miyamoto is like, well, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, well, if, if he's invoked Miyamoto, then yes, yeah, yeah. he has invoked Miyamoto. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, well, is this game part of a series? Yes. Do you to phone a friend? <laughs> yeah, can you call Reggie for us? Yeah, Reggie, Reggie, is this, this, one, is this <laughs> part of this? This one is part of a Um Okay, was this a, is this um, a platform exclusive? Yes. Was it exclusive to a Nintendo platform? No. PlayStation. Yes. Damon, we can always get PlayStation exclusives. Let's Are find we- out. I think we can get most <laughs> most exclusives. Is the is the series still active? Is it been active within the last? I don't know. Well, two years is only this still gen? PS5. Yeah. Yeah, well, but there's like no PS5 games coming out. I don't know. Like, would you, Damon, would, would we call this franchise still active? Yes, that's five. That's good enough for me. Was it developed in Japan? No. Mm, that very, very much narrows it. Was it developed by Naughty Dog? No. Uh, was it developed? Well, okay. Was it developed in Europe? Yes. So we got we got Housemark over there. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I can think of off the very top of my head. So is that just it? We're we gonna get this to six questions. Well, but it's part of a, it's part of a series, and do they? Ha- yeah. Th- what do they do? Series stuff. A returnal and um, oh. what do you call it? 
Well, what I was, was thinking. Uh, I'm under mind. What was the one? What was Damon? Well, no, Damon can't tell us. <laughs> like I'm throwing up gang Damon, signs. Damon, which here. game is this? <laughs> <laughs> what studio was it? <laughs> um, what, was hold, on, your... hold on. What, what, who did the? Who had the exclusive on the the first version? The first game that has the game coming out that's about Sen- Senua sacrifice. Oh, Hellblade. Hellblade was that a PS exclusive to begin with, or an Xbox exclusive? Well, there was Heavenly Sword, but that wasn't part of a series. No, no, not not Heavenly Sword. Hellblade, the the psychological horror mm-hmm. game that now is a sequel. A sequel. It, yeah, but it was not an exclusive. It was originally, but now the sequel's not. I guess that would negate it anyway, because okay. we're thinking of it as an exclusive. All right. Um. I mean, okay, is this a is this a housemark game? No. We did, I, I need to. I don't know what other like European PlayStation exclusives are in active franchises. So Sly Cooper. Oh, that's a good point. I'm still. I'm really thinking about modern games. I probably need to think more about like old. You know, old Ratchet, older. Ratchet. Yeah, like Ratchet. Except you know that's not European, but like yeah, something like that. Where is where was Ratchet? I don't know where that is. Uh, that was Insomniac. So wherever Insomniac is in the US. Okay. Yeah, I, that's good. Are they in Austin? I'm actually not positive. Let's see. Okay. Is this a game that uh, you know could be marketed towards a younger audience? Uh, Kids and stuff? I mean, <clears throat> it's marketed towards them? I, I don't know. It's kind of I think Little you should Big ask your Planet question. or Knack or whatever. A different like, way because lots kid of kids friendly. play maybe, GTA and yeah. Call maybe, of Duty. Maybe we should ask about ESRB rating. Yeah, I, I just don't know what I don't really have a catalog of those. Is yeah. it a real mature video game or kid <laughs> appropriate? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think you it's could like ask, a little... when Kingo is ten, will you, you could let ask, him play this game? You could ask if this game could appear in the recurring segment "Real Mature Video Games." Okay. Could it? Yes, that's ten. Oh, Whoa, okay. okay. So wow. it's not Little Big okay. Planet. <laughs> Dang, so no. we, we, it's either going to be pools. Should we ask if it's pools oh. of blood or splatter <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. wall? Yes, it's splatter pools, smudges, um, and maybe it's resistance. Hmm. About that. I don't know how active it is. And then there's kill zone. Yeah. Oh, kill yeah. zone. I bet it's kill zone. I bet it's one of the kill zones. How active are those series? That's yeah. that's a good point. It's not active. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the original Horizon. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I don't know. So, have we mentioned the name of this game yet? Or okay, have we ne- have we mentioned the franchise yet? Yes. Oh. All right. Does this have <laughs> okay. robot dinos in it? Yes. Yeah. But which one is it? The original game in a series? No. Do it up, Justin. Is it Horizon Forbidden West? It is with 14 questions. It is Horizon Forbidden West. We named a lot of PlayStation series there. I think I'm pretty proud (laughs) of us. There's more than you Uh, think. Yeah. And also, Sam, Resistance Resistance is also Insomniac. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Who made made Senua and what what system did that come out on? Oh, it is Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. uh, That's right. Hit... 
what Heavenly Sword was the PlayStation exclusive, right? And Hell Hellblade yeah. was not, right? Yeah, I think that one was Xbox first. Heavenly Sword is just is a completely is that was the PS3 launch game. Yeah, I don't know why I bring up that game so much. <laughs> like it always yeah. pops into my mind in twenty I questions thought, for no reason Heavenly's, at all. I thought Heavenly Sword was made by the people that made. Um, I can't remember the name of the game. Escape thought, or whatever. What they oh, think it's, you're you're talking about um, enslaved. Enslaved, yeah. Journey it's, to the Journey yeah, to the West. Escape to the West. Okay, or something. Yeah, yeah. That game that game flashes into my brain a lot too. It, it is the no, same. Odyssey Odyssey so, to the West. We're terrible. Odyssey We're gonna to, get some. So that's comments. that's that's all Ninja Theory then. That's Ninja Theory. Yeah. And and based out of the UK. And Insomniac is based out of California. I felt like it was California. Didn't want to say it without mm, knowing for sure. Mm. But now that I have had my Google powers back, it is Burbank, California. In like the LA area. Um. Yeah, I think they're because I know a lot of people at Insomniac that are right. in LA, but their um, headquarters are yeah Burbank. So, got it. Technically not LA, but you know that's LA rules. It's yeah, okay. and LA, and it's all the same thing. I was right. Hellblade was a PS4 exclusive for a year. Yeah. So that's why the PS ex- that would have met a lot of our criteria. Got yeah, it. it came to it came to apparently it came to Switch in 2019. <laughs> Do we think so? We oh, saw the we saw the forbidden that. the forbidden West trailer there that has you know the ruins of the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm playing Zero Dawn right now. It's post apocalyptic America, but as far as I know, there's absolutely nothing identifiable about like where you are in the United. Like it's very much just like mountains and desert and swamp. Like it's a video game land. Ah. Whereas the sequel seems to be a lot more like yes, you are in ruined like very recognizable American landmarks. Yeah. Like it has yeah. that same kind of death stranding thing. This tiny America. It's totally a genre. Weird. But yeah. Like, yeah, it's that's, a, that's, that's like, I don't, I don't get that at all from zero dawn, which, you know, I, it's very fresh in my mind. Cause I'm playing it right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you, yeah, the sequel this one was has, made for you. clearly has Vegas in it, you know, Las Vegas in it. And then cool. San Francisco and, and, and they you can call, run from they call those things that whereas in the first game, they yeah. obscured you're in like whatever Colorado four corners yeah. area. Or whatever. It can't possibly like it's it's like, you know, it's it's like it's like Mario. It's like, here's your snow land. Here's your desert land. Here's your swamp land. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, Ninja Theory did Heavenly Sword and then they're enslaved with the follow up to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then and then they did the Devil May Cry reboot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they did uh, two Disney Infinity games. Huh. R.I.P. I maybe don't think I knew that. Yeah. Maybe they just provided support on it or something, but in their mm-hmm. games developed. Well, thank you for the suggestion, Nick. Uh, nicely job, everybody. It's good to have all of us back together here on GameScoop. That's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, GameScoop at IGN.com. Hey, Damon, we lost thank your you audio. Sam, you Justin, thank you to Alan working uh, behind the scenes at can home. You, and thank you to Marian and Jamie Damon, who are stop, here in the studio. Stop. We so can't hear you. For me and got me all set up. What? Oh, we, we lost Damon's audio. Now I can't even hear you. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably fine since it's just a sign off. So, like, we wonder don't if it's have to I, interrupt him if oh, oh, well, as I didn't long know. As we're getting his audio. I that was really weird. I, I'm i listening to their. Uh, it's It was closing my laptop. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Turns Let's off. leave this in. I'm going to okay. leave this in. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Sure.
But how are people? No one knows where to email us. <laughs> oh, did I? Cut oh, they out? know. You I, have, no. The, oh. But we're talking over your audio, so I don't know if anybody can hear anything. Okay. What about our audio? Are you just going to mute us out while we're like, no, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll leave all this in, and I'll just do a clean out show right now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at iagenda.com. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Alan, working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. And thank you to Mariah and Jamie, who are here in the LA studio, who set up the shot for myself. Woo. Now we got it. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.